Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And today she's got more legs than a bucket of chicken. We're looking at Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie, Julie Newmar! Newmar. <laughs> for better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Jeff, we're about to talk about drag queens. I couldn't be happier. I could talk about drag queens for conservatively four hours at a clip. Uh-huh. And also talking about Patrick Swayze our second week in a row. Hey-o. We we did not plan it that way, but uh But we we're crazy. We're crazy for Swayze. Swayze. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not mad about it because uh Maybe we could do Roadhouse soon. <laughs> I oh I know. Well that, see that's where I mainly know Patrick Swayze is from I've seen Point Break once and Roadhouse too many times. Eight thousand <laughs> and, and that's I'm being facetious because it's impossible to see Roadhouse too, too many, many times. times. Uh, but yeah, I have. Uh, we're recording this in opposite order. Spoilers from spoilers uh, behind the scenes. That is behind the curtain. Uh, so we're recording this before our episode on Ghost, which should have dropped last week, unless things have gone awry. Uh, <laughs> is this some real BTS? Some hot goss, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so we're two Patrick Swayze movies in a row, but uh, delightful because I I hadn't seen. Uh, either one, really. Uh, so, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julia Newmar, is a comedy that came out on September 8th, 1995. That's right, it's the 25th anniversary year. What? Which is why we're like, hey, yeah, let's do Tu Wong Fu. Uh, and was directed by Bevan Kidron, who is probably best known for, besides this film, uh, Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason, the second Bridget Jones. Mm. Bridget. Bri- the Bridge of Jones. The Bridge of Jones. That's a very different sounding film. Mark Rylance stars in that one too. Oh man. <laughs> Somehow a movie even more boring than Bridge of Spies, Bridge of Jones. The Bridge of Jones. <laughs> or it's just a bridge. It's like some magical bridge that only fa- Jones can pass. So it's Joan of Arc, Joan Plowright, oh. Joan, uh, uh, Joan, Joan Jet. Jones the cat from the cat. Alien. Oh, ooh, okay. Joan Jet. And Jones the Cat from Alien alone is uh, a movie that I want to say. Just 100%. Like, rock, rock and Roll Cat is the name of that film. Uh, copyright and almost starring. Um, so, oh, and, uh, and, writ- and directed by B.B. Kidron and written by Doug Broadway's Douglas Carter Bean. We love him. We love him. Uh, he's done so many wonderful plays like The Little Dog Laughed, The Nans, As Bees and Honey Drown. He's a really amazing writer. Lots of books of musicals. Yes, and lots of books of musicals. True, true, true. And th- this is kind of like his only real uh, movie. And this is like the first one of the first things he did. This is before pretty much all of his yeah. like, theater stuff he was known yeah. for, uh, which is really cool, but also kind of sad because... Uh, you know, it's a fun script, and I, I wish that and he's he, a good, good, good writer. He's a good writer. I wish he I could. I feel like uh, there's only, more you know, I feel like Hollywood is like, oh, well, if we're going to have a film with a gay pat, now we're going to hire Paul Rudnick and no one else. And it's Ooh. like, get, get, get old Dougie Bean in there. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Rudnick? Hear that, You're Rudnick. done. Get some DC. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, and Amy Jo, what is your experience with a Tu Wong Fu? Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. My experience with Tu Wong Fu, comma, thanks for everything, comma, Julie Newmar, is uh, that in high Thank you for giving it its full, full name. The full feel of it. Um, in high school, I think I was like 
16, I got a VHS for my birthday from a friend. Love it. Um, and so we would watch it. Like my house was kind of like the congregating house for the the kids in high school because uh-huh. we had like like a big screen TV downstairs. So we would all like pile on the couch and like watch movies uh, obsessively. And so we watched this a lot. So I watched oh, this cool. with my brother and our whole oh. little crew an, an awful lot. And then I hadn't seen it in years. So I was a little mm. nervous to revisit Ooh, it. Yes. Uh, would it to, hold up? Sure. Put, would it hold up? It's three straight actors yes. playing drag queens of all things. And it was made in the 90s. How is this going to go? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do want to say two things up front before we uh, really start getting into the movie. Uh, this film would be 100% improved if you had three actually gay men starring in it. Uh, and if you, listener at home, want to dismiss this film outright because of that fact, I we can't really argue with that. That is an absolutely justifiable reason to be like, you know what, forget to forget this movie. I mean, it's the next year was The Birdcage, where they at least had cast Nathan Lane, Nathan Lane yeah. but you still had Ron Williams and, also and into Hank Azaria. Um, you, you, very true, very true. Uh, but, and um, yeah, because it's one of the first mainstream Hollywood films with gay lead characters, I think there's still things worth talking about oh, 100%. with this film. Um, and and also, sex. secondly, uh, I have a feeling most of our thoughts on who we'd personally cast are probably going to be A, actual drag queens, and B, heavily influenced by RuPaul's Drag Race. So if you don't watch Drag Race, our picks might feel a little insidery, but we'll try to keep the show moving along. So please keep listening. Look, look, here's the thing. This is my niche. It sure and is. there's a lot of us in this niche. Uh, oh, so I do for not those disagree. of us in this niche, this is gonna be a very satisfying Abs- chat. <laughs> and for those who aren't, like You're gonna learn I, I get not be- look, look, I it's really hard to get me to watch a television show because I just mm-hmm. Don't want to. Um, But so I get it. If you're like, I don't want to watch a reality competition about drag queens. Like, Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, you're wrong. But like, you know what? Yeah, actually, you do. Because I really do. Right. I because Amy Jo's watched Drag Race for many a year. And uh, I was doing some work in the background in our living room while she was watching season Season eight. eight. And it finally got to the point that I was like, I kept looking and like, okay, I'm trying to do work. I can't pay attention. to this. I was like, wait, what what is this? It's like, okay, this is kind of oh, that's kind of funny. Oh, okay, I do my work. And finally, I was like, I sat down on the couch. I was like, okay. It was like catch me up to speed. Yeah, What's about, going on? Who's he? What's he? What's their deal? Why are they fighting? About episode four or five, you moved from the kitchen table, which is further back in the room, and graduated to the couch. And I was like, oh yes, right. And now, and now we of course watch Drag Race together, uh, yes. and have watched. I've I've seen every season except one and two. We gotta get you on uh, two. Uh, I'm you gotta learn about it. I'm super Raven, down you know, to watch too. Uh, but yeah, all that said, you know, uh, you know, check a check out Drag Race because it's a lot of fun. But B also go to a drag if you've never been to a drag show, go to a drag show. Support your local queen. <laughs> I mean, once we can go to live shows again, then go. Um, but uh, some of the most incredible shows I've ever seen are, are live drag Absolutely. shows. Absolutely. Uh, my experience with Tu Wang Fu was seeing it for the very first time. Uh, except for on TV, I'd caught the last two minutes. So I'd seen wow. spoilers, John Leguizamo get crowned. Winning as a Queen of the Exactly. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, hey, hey, it's John Leguizamo. And uh, that was my entire experience with Tu Wang Fu. Uh, so spoilers ahead. If you've not seen Tu Wang Fu or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. After tying for the win in New York City's Drag Queen of the Year contest, Vita Boehm and Noxima Jackson went a trip to Hollywood to take part in the even bigger Miss Drag Queen of America pageant. Now, yes, Amy Jo. Now, hold on. So, 
what you didn't mention is that I'm the so person who gives them the crown yes. is RuPaul is herself, herself, herself yes. who descends from the ceiling as she should. Yeah, a, um, a, an amazing entrance. Yeah, but I turned to you at this point. Uh, I was like, what is this? All Stars 4? <laughs> because it quite famously ended in a surprise tie. But I'd never really thought oh, about the fact true, that RuPaul, true. like... Before she ever was doing Drag Race, she'd, she, I was like, oh, was this what planted the seed for one day? I could do a tie on my reality competition. Well, do you th- do you think that that was? I mean, I don't know how much RuPaul's act- nowadays is actually involved in that decision so much as the look. We can have a show. lot of conversations <laughs> about why it wasn't just Monet Exchange. I, I, I think it's because Rue has a certain amount of say that Trinity tied with Monet. Mm. But this is let us know, write in and let us know I, your thoughts on the tie between Monet oh Exchange and Trinity oh the Tuck Taylor in All Stars oh season boy. four. Uh, I just would not be surprised if they would use that as the like. Should we two on through it, <laughs> or or should or should we or should we newmar it? Oh, 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 okay. uh, you know what? Slap a Newmar on that. We're just going to slap a Newmar. Slap a Newmar that's, on that. that. That's, what, that's what we call a tie in the biz, in the reality biz. Slap a Newmar on that guy. Uh, so where were we? Uh, sentence two. <laughs> <laughs> Starting now. Vita persuades Noxima to take along the inexperienced drag princess Chichi Rodriguez as their protege. And so they trade in their airplane tickets for cash, buy an old Cadillac convertible, and set off for Los Angeles, carrying with them an iconic autographed photo of Julie Newmar, signed to Wang Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, that Vita has taken from a restaurant wall. She mopped it from the wall. (laughs) Yes, she did. Uh, While on the road, they are pulled over by Sheriff Dollard, who hurls racial slurs, forces Vita out of the car, and tries to rape her. Dollard discovers Vita is not a woman. Vita strikes him, and he is knocked unconscious. The trio drives off, thinking he's dead, only for their car to quickly break down. They find themselves stranded in the small town of Snydersville. Snydersville. While wait, which now nowadays, of course, the main Snyder I know is Zack Snyder, director of Batman v Superman and 300 and such like wow. broy masculine films. So it's kind of funny kind to of imagine fitting. Snydersville being all of these like neck bearded a-holes yes. demanding like the Snyder cut of Justice League only to have three drag queens <laughs> teach them to not be the worst. Can we also mention briefly how when Dorito that cop Crumb showed up, beings. when yes. that cop showed up, we were like. Jonah Hill? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chris Penn plays the cop, and he, he, he and Jonah Hill look so much alike. Yeah. Uh, young Chris Penn and Jonah Hill now is, you're like, wow, 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 wow. They find themselves stranded in the small town of Snydersville while waiting for the replacement part for their car and take refuge at a bed and breakfast owned by Carol Ann and her abusive car repairman husband, Virgil. 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 Whilst in town, the drag queens volunteer to help with the town's strawberry social. What was it? Red and Wild? Is that the theme? Red and Wild. Red and Wild. Red and Wild. The theme That's your it. theme. I love it. Uh, they give the town's women a makeover and they teach the local roughnecks a lesson in manners, including Virgil, who Vita kicks out of the house for abusing Carol Ann. Throughout the town never recognizes them as drag queens, assuming they're simply New York career women. Career girls. Career girls. Oh, you're, oh, you're career girls. It's a real businesswoman special. <laughs> Romy Michelle kind of situation. Oh, love it. Oh, we'd like your businesswoman special. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chi-Chi begins a flirtatious relationship with local Bobby Ray, but realizing that he's unaware of who she actually is, ultimately steers him towards Bobby Lee, a local girl in love with him. 
Carol Ann is able to repair their car and reveals to Vita that she knew Vita was a drag queen all along, but didn't care and is very grateful for their friendship. Virgil runs into Sheriff Dollard at a bar, and they realize that the newcomers are the same people Dollard has been searching for. They head back to Snydersville, and Dollard demands that the townspeople turn them over. The townspeople, who now finally realize that their new friends are drag queens, begin to protect them. One by one, they confront Dollard, each one claiming to be a drag queen, a la Spartacus, until he flees humiliated. This but you you left out, I'm sorry, which sorry. I, I guess this wouldn't make it into a synopsis, <laughs> uh-huh. but come on. Okay. That stalker Channing yes. approaches- Car- Car- Carol Ann, who's slow- the yes, sorry. owner of the bed and breakfast. Carol Ann approaches slowly in full mantilla, like this red <laughs> gown and then this red mantilla over his Oh, like, they look great. Oh, who and is that? And it's all it's all these is great that Vita? character actors, especially- oh my gosh. So Beth many. Grant, who I am always excited to see Beth Grant She's see Donnie Darko, No Country for Old Men, Speed. Uh, uh, the, the dinner party episode of The Office where she's Dwight's date. Like, she's in mm-hmm. so many things and I adore her. I forget the she's, name. She's a sparkle motion lady in Donnie Darko is a, what a lot of people know her from. I forget the name of the much older woman who plays Cora oh, who, like, used to I run the film house. She was nominated for a Tony in 1970. Uh, she was in Ghostbusters, yeah. oh, yes, the original. Oh, yes, the old lady in Ghostbusters. Yeah, she's, she's I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of great character Blythe Danner, actors even. in this. Uh, Blythe Danner, who I, I don't know. I just assumed... She'd be too big for such a tiny role, but maybe not at that point. I would have assumed that, like, when Gwyneth Paltrow's her daughter was winning an Oscar two years later, I thought Blythe Danner would have been, you know, could have been Carol Ann. Like, she sure. has a nice little tiny subplot, but she's has barely anything to do. And it's like, oh, Blythe Danner. Whereas with everyone else feels like, oh, well, the, from- like the, the, um, like, oh, the that person character actor type where you're like, mm-hmm. I recognize that person. I don't know who they are. Opposed to Blythe Danner where she's Blythe Stalker Channing's Danner. still a bigger name than Blythe Danner. And I, sure. I do think that once she had Gwynny, uh, she gave up a lot of uh, acting opportunities to raise her. So, mm. you know, uh, I mean, but Gwyneth was... Fair enough. How old is, is, is Gwyneth Paltrow now? She was... Now? I don't know. She's well, all right. The... Math. Oh, well, actually, but no, in we, the could 90s. Do, we could do that math. I think, she, I think we said it in the Iron... I think we said it in the Iron Man episode, I believe 34. Could be wrong. Could be 32. In... But if she was 34 in 2008, so she's like 46. So she's either 44 or 46, depending so on how, how old she was, was in she in 90... Don't make me do math. You oh, know, I'm, I'm not you know, I'm an it. actor. I'm not I'm a mathematician. Certainly not going to do it. Point is, she's still. Damn it, Kirk! I'm an actor, just, not a mathematician. She's just now okay because she was like 19 in Hook. So the point is, Hook wasn't that long before this. So like Gwyneth Paltrow's like barely an adult. So maybe Blythe Danner is like, I'll dip a toe back into acting. Mm, fair enough. And and not like, ah yes, finally my return shall be as as Carol Ann, you know. Sure. Sure. The successful Strawberry Social commences. The townsfolk say goodbye to their new friends, and Vita gives Carol Ann the autographed photo of Julie Newmar. The film ends in Los Angeles, where Chi-Chi, after having received many tips from Vita and Noxima during their ordeal, wins the title of Drag Queen of the Year and is presented the crown by Julie Newmar. Yeah, I, I do have a minor quest, which is... I might have an ants, but ask your quest. If she didn't qualify... To compete in the competition, which she didn't because she didn't win. Mm -hmm. How she win in that competition? I don't think. I think the main thing that they won, along with winning Queen of New York, is the thing that they they won the airfare and that they were getting put up in LA. It wasn't, it's like any, I think anyone Ah. could submit and like enter. If you say so. That's what I think is the deal. Because otherwise, yeah, these are some shenanigans right here. Because she she didn't even- this isn't like a Miss New York going on to Miss USA. 
Yes, exactly. Right. All right. Uh, that, that's, that's what I think. Uh, so the casting directors of Tu Wang Fu were... Carrie Barden, Suzanne Crowley, and Billy Hawkins. Barden, an Emmy nominee for his work casting Sex in the City, has also cast such films as Goodwill Hunting, American Psycho, and Spotlight. Crowley has cast films including Monsters Ball, The Wrestler, and the John Wick series. And Hopkins, an Emmy winner for their work on the miniseries When They See Us, has also cast such films as Fatal Attraction, Shakespeare in Love, and Mudbound. Before we get into the actors almost cast, I want to give some behind-the-scenes info from the director and writer. Ooh la la. During the early and mid-90s, there were basically no gay films being made in Hollywood, screenwriter Douglas Carter Bean told The Advocate in 1999. Though gay cinema was beginning to come into its own with independent films like My Own Private Idaho and Go Fish, mainstream Hollywood was still largely wary of gay characters. Bean's Tu Wong Fu screenplay was inspired by an 80s anti-gay propaganda film called The Gay Agenda, in which three drag queens drive into a town while an ominous narrator warns, Do you want these drag queens invading your town? And Bean said, I thought about many of the towns that I've been into in America, and I thought, they could use a little invasion. (laughs) (laughs) They could use a strong gay agenda. (laughs) Advance! That's incredible. I know. Uh, The script found its way to Steven Spielberg, who put it into production with his company, Amblin Entertainment. Mitch Cohn, then a development executive at Amblin, recalled that every male director passed. Everyone. So Spielberg tapped British director Kidron, uh, and I looked her up, and she had like a few credits before this, nothing huge, but she did direct this miniseries called, I didn't write this down, it's something along the lines of like, Orange isn't the only fruit, which ha- is about. Oh, yeah. oh. It's, it's based on a book. Oh, well. Orange it... is not the only fruit. Yes. Oh, yes, that's By it. Jeanette Winterson. Yes, well, she directed the miniseries of ah. that, um, which makes sense in terms of the subject matter Absolutely. to be like, oh, okay, you can it's, lend, it's a, lend a good it's eye a to it. It's a queer book. Absolutely. Exactly, yes. exactly. So Spielberg tapped British director Kidron, who jumped at the chance, particularly since she saw the film as a uniquely American story. Quote, when America coalesces around its values and energy, it's a phenomenal place. An America that divides on those grooves, the social divergence is a really ugly place. And that's really what that movie was about, which mm-hmm. I think is really beautiful. Absolutely. And a sentiment that unfortunately, 25 years later, is still It was shocking. So prevalent. The, scene, the scene where they get pulled over. Yeah. You know, you've got, like, one black woman in drag in the car. You know, you've got a cop coming over who then is, like, trying to... It was shockingly prescient, shall we say. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kidron also saw Tu Wong Fu as a counterbalance to the mainstream Hollywood portrayal of gay men, which was largely focused at that time on the AIDS epidemic. This was just after Mm, Philadelphia, mm -hmm. when they were making filming this. Um, Quote, that was the big story. And so all the movies at the moment were about gay men who were dying. And so this was about celebrating them in the middle of that moment. Uh, which I love. And yeah. also, which I thought was fantastic. In the early 90s, Douglas Carter Bean was at his parents' house watching MTV. And RuPaul was on in her music video for Supermodel. And his mother tisked over Ru saying, she's a beautiful girl, but her voice isn't very good. Which is what led Bean to having the fictional small town in the movie see the queens as New York career girls and not recognize them as men in drag. That's when he was so like, amazing. that's... But, uh, she's like, oh, wow. My mom isn't even aware that that's a manager. Well, Rue also is Ugh, an incredible looking Very woman. Fishy. But also, in latter days, would be auto-tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a hilarious comment across oh, multiple that's levels. True. That's very true. Uh, so let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. And really, this is really only one character that we have. But 
Uh, a lot of actors that were up for it. Now, some of these people may have auditioned, some may have been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. Uh, but our one character is Vita Bohem, played by Patrick Swayze. Amy Cho, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Patrick Swayze as Vita Bohem? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Right. So I think, all things considered, and again, like coming back to this after many years, one of the reasons that I think this film ultimately works, and it kind of, it takes a minute before, I don't know, we all kind of settled into feeling like, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. One of the well, reasons- Well, I think it was very difficult having your three straight leads around actual gay- Yes, around drag queens that drag queens. I know who they are. Yes, you yes, know? yes, yes, yes. So- so, like, between that and then, I don't know, once they get into the small town and everything, I think it kind of settles in and better. But um, one of the things that I think is really smart is having them stay in drag the whole time. Because I think there's something about straight dudes playing gay, which mm. is very different than straight dudes or anyone playing a drag persona. Interesting. Because you look at someone like... I, I, this is a person that's on my list, but mm -hmm. like it springs to mind as someone like Ben de la Creme, mm. whose drag persona is a much more amped up version yeah, of their true. offstage persona. As a, but you look at you look at some queens and they're kind of how they are offstage and on. But then there's a lot who they once they put on the drag and they put on the face, they like step into a particular character and that character is the drag queen. True. There, there are some drag queens that are almost indistinguishable from their day-to-day -day life. springs to mind. Right. But someone... a lot of people, Ben de la Creme is a great example of someone who like in, in their, their normal speaking voice opposed to when once they're Ben de la Creme. Uh, and, terminally and they're, delightful. They're going into character, which makes a lot of sense. And, and so I think that's one reason why this works is because we're watching them play a persona, which mm. a drag queen would be doing anyway yeah, so so i think that that gives us a little wiggle room and lets us accept it more and it's less like these dudes playing gay and more like these these people playing yeah. these personas which happen to be hyper feminine you know sure. we barely see them out of drag uh, i yeah, like that we see it really at the very the very, very beginning, beginning of, of them just like the getting into drag exactly yeah. montage specifically no one, just no one blocking Swayze their eyebrows which i found wesley snipes uh, shocking right I, I think we only see patrick Swayze and wesley snipes getting into drag do we see john leguizamo or i think no, we, we, I think see, we only john see john leguizamo, leguizamo carrying, in drag is carrying the wig Carrying to the gig, the which wig. is their oh, way oh, of, of doing course, that. Of course, of course, of course, of um, course. Which on the wig head, which I did appreciate, that I, I kind of love. Just like a, you, you're not like no gig no, bag, no suitcase, no, no purse. gig bag. Just carrying the wig head with the wig on top. Uh, hilarious, and I'm sure people that work with wigs are were just biting their nails, well, going no, also, no, like, no. You're thinking about the mid '90s New York. Mm. Like, where is Chichi Rodriguez living? Mm. Potentially like Spanish Harlem. Is she mm. going around in full geesh? Probably not. Mm. You know, like a lot of drag queens won't ride the train. It's a little different in New York now. But anyway, um, all that is to say, um, I think he does a really good job. I, yeah. I I quite like him in this. It evokes a very particular kind of queen that is familiar, you know, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, I enjoyed him. However, <laughs> I yes, have hit us, hit a us, lot of thoughts. Now, here's here's one thing I want to say before we do any go into any of the casting. The yeah. way the script stands now, it is very clearly a white queen, a black queen, and a Latinx queen. Yes. So 
I have some choices based on that. If you're just going to be like, we're going to go with the script as is. And then I have some thoughts overall with that it's why, like. Yeah, who cares? Well, exactly. We can remove from that. It's not, it's not so about that. You have like the sheriff is like throwing out some racial slurs. Well, in the sure. Beginning. I mean, you have like lines like little Latin boy in drag. Why are you crying? Hey, you yes, know, but I think a lot of that could be changed. But but all that is to say, like, that's where some of this is is, right, is right. coming from. So uh, Ben de la Creme, I've mm. already said, who is, is a consummate performer and I think does this kind of character quite well this kind of like vintage housewife kind of feel they've got patrick swayze in all of these like very old-fashioned 60s kind of looks yes. which i love and there's queens who like really lean into that aesthetic. yeah it's so, a real like a 1950s like june cleaver exactly yes a slightly more glamorous june cleaver yeah yeah there's that glamorousness but also like a very reserved which is like i very I think, demure which the ben pearls. De la is very yes the clutching the pearls of yes. like oh of like oh i never um which we'll get into because patrick spacey's from texas i feel like there's a certain is he? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm exactly. learning something today. We'll get into that. But like the characters, I forget, was it, it's either Connecticut or Pennsylvania because they stop by the house. That Welsh town, you probably see, like, in Pennsylvania. Look, as Vita's someone mother. who, oh my gosh, I did a road trip once. Uh, it was me and- Guys, we're road tripping to Pennsylvania. Well, we were going to Ohio and oh, I didn't know how dear. far away Ohio was. <laughs> now, now, to be clear, you were going to, on a road trip to a wedding. You weren't just like, guys, let's <laughs> go. Gosh, no. Uh, although, you know what? Like, a road trip to Cleveland is, like, one thing. Yeah. No, we were going to just someplace in Ohio, <laughs> some Catholic place. And uh, I had bright blue hair at the time. And I didn't think about it, but the shirts that I had brought to road trip in, one had, like, a big heart on it that said feminism. And the other one said, gender is a drag. Perform Shakespeare instead. Oh, I love it. And I had, like, these bright purple pants. So <laughs> this was what I was wearing, which I was, like... Oh, I didn't think about the fact we'd be driving through all of Pennsylvania. (laughs) And I was driving with three very delightfully and aggressively Mm -hmm. homosexual (laughs) men. Like, we were, we had a couple of moments where we're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. They don't want us here at this diner. Yeah, it was, it was not cool, you know. And then like places where you just stop off. (laughs) <laughs> to like get a sandwich and go to the bathroom at like a, a pit stop. And it's like, yeah. oh, there we look unusual. And I was definitely thinking about that watching this movie and thinking about, I mean, obviously we didn't stop off in any like Welsh named towns like they do at Vita's right. home. But I think it was in Pennsylvania, which would make some sense. Yes. But let us just say that Bendela, I think, is a very great choice. Yes. That's that's one of yes. the people that I. Dela's great. I, I, Dela would have yeah. as well. Yeah. I also have Jinx Monsoon. Sure. Uh, her Seattle sister, who is sure. a little more acerbic, but also mm-hmm. like does that vintage vibe. Uh, Nina West is a very like, yeah. also the miscongeniality of her season. Very just like this kind of like matronly kind of like, well, I'm going to take care of everybody yeah. and manage everybody's business. Which is very much in character because it's as, as what she re- she like kind of realizes she comes in and like Carol Ann's crying. It's like, oh, it's chopping onions. And she's like, yeah. there's no onions in here. And it's like realizing like, oh, because your husband is an abusive mm-hmm monster well she's the one who was um, like instead of taking our airfare we're gonna cross country road trip with trail. this girl we barely know which Noxima Wesley Snipes uh, does not want to do uh, it no. takes a long time for, for Wesley to exactly. be like oh great I'm so glad we brought along Another Chi-chi. thought was like Chad Michaels, someone else who has a very oh, like classy, yeah, sure. glamorous, kind of like mm. matronly, motherly kind of, yeah. well, I think she would hate to hear matronly, <laughs> but matronly insofar as the like mother hen kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then like someone who is a bit more acerbic, mm-hmm. but I think could also be fun in this role is Manila Luzon. Oh, yeah. That's a who, great choice. Who is, is a little, 
more mischievous, I think, than a yeah, lot of these queens. Yeah. But I think would be very. I could buy her being like kind of the the ringleader of this this triad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I thought strictly because of how Vita is trying to reach out to Chi Chi and is like, we've got to like take her under the wing. Um, it's a it's a different choice, and it is kind of uh, sanding off some of like the, what are our favorite sharp edges. But Bianca Del Rio of just thinking of well, her, I have her season on another oh on okay, another okay, one okay because of exactly sure what you're sure sure. But just thinking about. of her with a door of just taking like okay, let me take this little dumb chickadee under my wing. I mean, it would be kind of fun to do a, a reuniting <laughs> season six final three and have Bianca Courtney act and a door in these parts. You have to change a lot, but like I think right. it could be funny. Yeah, you know? sure, sure. So, uh, the other people I was thinking, if you're removing it from drag queens, if it was of the day, ah. if you're, if you're to cast... I didn't even think about any <laughs> other actors. Whoops. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But to imagine, like, who would we have cast in 1995? Mm. I'm like, okay, so gay actors working then. I'm like, of course, because he did it the next year. Like, if imagine if this film starred Nathan oh Lane. Oh It'd be I would beautiful. Love. Um, also, Rupert Everett, I think, would be... Oh, interesting. Rad. Sure, I yeah. think he'd be great. Uh, and you know what? Why not? He, he had his like three lines in one of the biggest movies two years ago. So why not B.D. Wong starring in your film? He's a oh Tony winner. And of course, the film I'm referred to is Jurassic Park as Wu, the lab technician. B.D. Wong is wonderful. And like, <laughs> I can absolutely like, I mean, he started off doing like his his big yes, first M thing, butterfly you know was was in in drag a famous tony award-winning performance yes. where yeah well that's why he's bd and not exactly. bradley yes we're, we're part of if you're not familiar with m butterfly part of it is um the original production it was john lithgow who's like this uh american over in uh china that like falls in love with who he thinks is a woman and then is revealed to be uh, a, a man in, performing madam butterfly in drag and it's mm-hmm. bd wong which is like over the course of the show, you're like, oh, wait, it is is this a man or is this a woman? And it's like, it's a really interesting David Henry Huang play if yeah. you're uh, not familiar with it. And if it was made today, the two people uh, that I thought would be interesting would be Luke Evans, um, Gaston from the oh. live action Beauty of the Beast and oh, uh, and, and Lee Pace. Because I was thinking, because we've, yes. we've, 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 I've seen before Listener Home and Amy Jo's Nod. We've watched a few episodes together of Pushing Daisies and he's got that certain like stiff like rigidity mm. that i think vita at least patrick swayze's version of vita i don't know how much of it is on the page but of that like nervous helper of like oh dear like okay i'm well it comes from like a certain waspy background right he, that's it I, I i think that lee pace could nail that waspy he's wonderful waspiness um and i think he's great yeah 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 i'd be i mean the first person that sprang to mind if it were today that's like a very obvious choice for mm-hmm. myriad reasons is neil patrick harris <laughs> yeah. you know which i don't sure. know that i'm like that sure. into maybe like a jesse tyler ferguson oh sure Actually, yeah like, that's i'd be more interested I, in a jesse same, tyler ferguson same. We've we've all seen Hedwig, so you know, NPH can continue doing other things. Yeah, yeah, sure. Continue funding wig stock. That's great, you know. Absolutely. Um, so as I said, this is our only character with other actors up for it, because Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo as Naxima and Chichi both immediately said yes. They were both immediately on board. I love the that. first people they reached out to and they were like, Yes. And that left the role of Vita, which became one of the hottest parts in town. Now, Swayze was one of the last actors to audition. And now he had Ghost in 1990 and Point Break in 1991, but then he had several flops in a row. So by this point, he like he really was trying to get this role because yeah. he needed a good... Um, a good script, a good role. Yeah, a good, a good shot in the arm for his career. Which, spoilers, uh, it did great because uh, this movie was 
uh, it didn't make a ton of money, but it was top of the box office two weeks in a row. And Patrick Swayze and John Leguizamo both nominated for Golden Globes for their performances. I didn't know that. I know. That's I little, great. Yeah. So Swayze was sent audition materials with one day's notice. Oh, Don't you just oh love that? Uh, and he earned the role by improvising a 30-minute monologue <gasps> inspired by the bullying he suffered as a boy studying ballet in Texas. Oh. Director Kidron had said that it was ultimately Swayze's walk that sealed the deal, saying, quote, Swayze had his own makeup people transform him into a woman, and he insisted that he and Bieben take a walk around the city to prove he could pass as a woman. And with his beauty and dancer's grace, he did just that. He had the job, which is like, of course, to thinking of dirty yeah. dancing and like of how of course. I hadn't even thought about the dancing move. Yeah. And uh, Swayze said, quote, I just took Patrick Swayze's life growing up in redneck Texas, having a mother for a choreographer and trying to find out who I was. I found Vita very easy oh. to identify with. Uh, and he said, and apparently he modeled Vita after Lorne Bacall, Demi Moore, Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's mm-hmm. and his mother, um, which that's I, so and that's lovely. why I think that I'm thinking of like of him growing up in Texas of, of how much of his mother's in this performance of that, like slight, that waspy, yeah. waspiness. Well, I think about like when I took ballet, when I was a little kid, like, from a very small studio in a strip mall, oh as boy. one did. Well, it was the nineties. <laughs> um, and I forget his last name, but the 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 young man who now is pro- was probably at the time younger than I am now, and by probably I mean absolutely <laughs> younger than I am now. Who owned this ballet studio? I'm sorry, that just made me think of No Country for Old Men of all things. I'm older now than my dance instructor ever was. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Please continue. It's so true. But I don't remember his last name, but his first name was Leslie and he was a ballet, te- you know, a yeah. ballet teacher. And just thinking about like now, mm-hmm. you know, like I really loved in fourth grade taking yeah. ballet from him Aww. and him, you know, being like loving but hard on us all. And right. and then he didn't teach me tap, but I think he taught me ballet and jazz. You know, it was like two studios. But thinking about like. What was this guy's life like? And thinking about, like, speaking of RuPaul's Drag Race Queens that I love, Alyssa Edwards, who is a dance instructor in Texas and has, as Justin, has his own studio. Very different movie, but Alyssa Edwards as Vita is kind of great. Because that's... I have it written down, but with a big space because I'm like I know it wouldn't work but I'm no, not no but it would be great I know I'm it wouldn't work I mean it's also it's like you kind of have to remove in terms of like acting ability because Alyssa is not a great actor no, but an amazing so amazing personality one of the incredible performers I've ever seen I saw her do an hour stand up set at Caroline's in New York City Ooh. and she just like told stories I was screaming I was what did they say at the beginning where it was like, like <laughs> she where she was saying on. like they told me I've got she comes on and she's like talking for a while and then she She's like, yeah, I was back there and the guy comes up to me and he says, you know, what you got, once you hit the stage, you got 45 minutes. I said, for what? <laughs> and I can't explain why it was so funny, but we howled. It was oh, amazing. Oh, I sat at a table with Britta Filter, oh, by the oh, way. Yes, you know. of uh, the most recent season of Drag Yes, this was, of course, um, pretty season. Although now we say that, you know, that's what this film was really missing is, is like actual performances from the drag queens. Yes. It's like what you, you want. Even, barely at the beginning and know, barely at the but end. But not even, they don't even, but they don't perform. It's like they're barely doing just like a uh, They just decorate walking. a room like Mary Poppins does. Yeah, so well, fair enough. But like, I want like at least like a lip sync performance, but it might be no, just like, oh, this is not what the forte is. of you know yeah. Wesley Snipes yeah. and whatnot. I also just while I'm looking at Alyssa Edwards down at the bottom of my page, I also see just thinking of I was trying to think of non drag race queens, and part of the problem with so many non drag race queens mm-hmm. is they are too weird. <laughs> so I have I have written 
Dina Martina dash too weird. Yeah. You know, yeah. just too You've seen strange. seen her Christmas show twice. Oh my gosh. And, oh, She's just a delightful, maybe the best drag performer. queen I've ever seen. Not the, not the best female impersonator, no, no, no. but maybe one of the best entertainers. Right. I've we saw ever her seen. at Wigstock. I mean, we, we were like, we have to see her oh, show because of her performance so. at Wigstock where she came out. Uh, Wigstock hey. was seven hours, by the way. Wigstock was incredible. We what a bang for your buck. Oh, oh, man. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But she came out and. It was just like here's here's a new there's like had this little preface about like here's like this new album coming no, no, out. No, here's no, a new song. this is how she prefaces okay. it. She goes, in the this is like summer twenty eighteen. She goes, uh, in these trying times, <laughs> it's so important to remember that I have an album dropping at the end of the month. Uh, so I wanted to give you all a little taste of it. Hit the track. Right. Cue cue the beginning, like dun, dun, dun. Some say love becomes the rose. Top of the, of the charts. And end exits. of song. Bianca and that was Del it. Rio that was the entire thing. On. She's like, is it over? She's like, she had all y'all fooled. You thought there really was an album. But anyway, oh, Dina Martina Amazing. is one of the funniest queens. But but not like, you need someone more like oh, a, yeah, a Vita yeah. Bohem to be more like what we think of as like a mainstream kind of drag queen. So let's get into it. Here is the list of actors who auditioned or were considered right off the bat. Gary Oldman why claims he was offered one of the lead claims. drag roles which had to have been Vita yeah. uh, but decided he didn't want to do another part that required extensive makeup after his experiences on Bram Stoker's Dracula well, and I mean he was uh, still a very acclaimed actor at that point but it still is very acclaimed for being villains in stuff like The Professional and Dracula uh, and, and that same year he had Murder in the First this movie with Kevin Bacon where he's like an, a nightmare of a prison guard uh, but you know what this would have been a good choice for Gary Oldman because the other movie he had in 1995 was The Scarlet Letter with Demi Moore. Woof. Um, yeah, it's weird imagining someone with that. I don't know. Just has, like, I think it probably would have been weird to imagine Patrick Swayze if we hadn't. You know seen what? It. You're not. Yes, you're not wrong. But it's weird in a different way. It's weird. Patrick sure. Swayze is not known for playing villains, um, which especially all the rest of Gary Oldman's 90s career with. Air Force One and the Fifth Element. And... Yeah, but Patrick Swayze, other than like the dancing, I think was like pretty aggressively straight. On, aggressively on straight, yeah. But uh, and remember, we're recording this after Ghost. We'll get into Ghost of of like of what the sensitivity that he yes had yes, yes, in yes, interviews yes, yes. that got him. You that think role villains and... can't be sensitive? <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I'm speaking to one of the most sensitive villains wow. I know. Um. Vigo Mortensen auditioned. What? I don't know. It's weird. Well, how do we how? I mean, he'd been it's easy to be like he it feels like he kind of popped out of thin air for Lord of the Rings, but it he does. was that same year he was in Crimson Tide with Denzel Washington and Gene yes. Hackman and The Prophecy with Christopher Walken and uh, other people. Um and he he's also not that same year, but he's in that like awful dial in for murder remake with Michael Douglas and That's Gwyneth. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he was like acting, but he wasn't like he didn't br- Oh, and he's also in that psycho remake. You know what? A lot of Vico Mortensen, why did you keep doing all these awful Hitchcock remakes, dude? Um Because he wanted <laughs> to break through so he could be airing um i i suppose so uh but yeah i i vico mortensen is also a hard one to see he's just kind of a he's always been a weird duck to I, me I that get Viggo Viggo mortensen. Mortensen, honestly because mm-hmm. maybe it's because i you know lord of the rings is the main thing in which i've seen him yeah. in because i avoided green book you're welcome <laughs> uh, well, duh. um but like 
because like wait you weren't you weren't front in line for theater and at Hidalgo Viggo Mortensen's it action took me a minute horse to go, movie what are you talking about I was like is this a theater where I should have seen Green Book oh you mean a movie yeah no I skipped uh, um I think truly the only thing I've seen him in are you weren't, you weren't seeing Appaloosa with Ed Harris is that a movie <laughs> I'm just naming obscure Viggo Mortensen movies it is it, it is. sounds like you're just making up words. <laughs> worth noting because he is mentioned in the film Mel Gibson oh was considered the awful That's scene right, well, man, mentioned yeah, him a couple times when, when we were worried like oh god is this movie gonna hold up and you're like I but well the one scene that definitely doesn't hold up is when they're around the table with Stockard Channing just do they even name any other actors or is it they're just where they're like what men will keep and what men have got to go yeah. away. And Mel Gibson, he's a definite keep. And it's, if only you could see him in the we future, Stockard. We were screaming, screaming like, at the screaming no! at the TV. <laughs> Make him go! Make him go! Oh, man, he had some movie come Let out. Let him go. This, like last Let year. Go. With, of all people, Sean Penn. And if you needed a one-two punch of actors that I never want to see. Throw Johnny Depp in Sean, there. Make you might as well. Charmer. You might as well. Robert Blake? You know, come on. Je- Jeffrey Jones is in the background. Ooh, a real humdinger. <laughs> Put them all in one movie. So we, we we just have the one movie that we never have to produced watch. Produced by Hav. Oh, produced by Hav. Yikes. Yikes. Um, Robert Downey Jr. auditioned or were consi- was considered. Uh, sure. Uh, and I, I see it. I, I see, see it. it. I see it. I don't need it, yeah. but I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like Robert Downey Jr. so much. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm super same. Um, Rob Lowe auditioned and wanted the role really bad. Quote, I shaved my legs, wore a dress with amazing makeup and a redheaded wig. I looked like Jane Fonda <laughs> in the China Syndrome for a movie I wanted to do and it ended up being horrible. And I assume he was talking about his audition and not the film itself because he also says, I'm surprised it didn't do so well with an amazing title as that um, because it made 36 million domestic, which mm-hmm. is like not a huge amount. Of, it's, it's more money then than it was Certainly now but it's still more than these indie gay films are making oh absolutely you know, absolutely 100 100 but uh it's still can, not a huge money maker i can very much see rob Lowe wanting to do this and i can see him actually no. doing doing a good job he's like, a very pretty man he's a very pretty man i think he would like look really good in drag and would be very very game you mm. know sure yeah i see that uh william baldwin Old Billy Baldwin was considered. I'll tell you what, I can't picture him. I just picture he, the Baldwins I know and I go something like that. He, just imagine a thinner, prettier version of Alec Baldwin. He's probably, arguably, the, the prettiest, prettiest Baldwin. Baldwin. <laughs> the prettiest Baldwin, a children's book. <laughs> oh, it sure man. wasn't Stephen. No, I sold sorry. coffee to Stephen Baldwin when I used to work at Starbucks at Grand Central Station and I'm, I'd forgotten this mm-hmm. until now. He left business cards no. for his like what? religion whoa what yes what is it baldwinism what is this religion i don't know it i don't think it was scientology but it's something Fingers crossed. that like we were like oh my gosh it's stephen baldwin because you know i was yeah. once young and watched the usual suspects a lot now did his religion um require you to travel to a giant plastic bubble uh that you could live in that had like biological life so one might say a biodome for you to live in with him and Polly shore what i'm telling you is that he didn't give me this information he said thank you for the latte and left like a, a small stack of business cards and we were looking at them we're like 
oh my goodness, he's evangelizing. Like for the staff or like for like... For us. Well, for, I don't know. Maybe or, or, Well, I don't know. I mean, it's New York. There's always like a table of flyers everywhere. Um, I don't know if it was next to someone's like, come see me off off Broadway in my uh, one man production of so The Glass the, Menagerie. The first job I had when I moved to New York mm-hmm. was at the Starbucks in Grand Central Station <laughs> off track 36 because they That's gave you right. health insurance if you were a part-time employee. Hmm. So you could work, if, as long as you work 20 hours a week or more, yeah. you qualified for pretty decent insurance. Yeah. And I was like... I need something flexible. Yeah. I don't have a lot of skills. But <laughs> so I the made Starbucks and Grand I made a Central. lot of really specifically heated chai lattes. You know, these <laughs> kinds of things. People have a lot of, especially when they're going to get on a train, yeah. they want it to be extra hot. So it's still hot when they like are, <sighs> you know, five stops from their home. But so you, we did see some celebrities, but like that was one of the ones where like interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, are these for us? He didn't like stand right. there and evangelize to us, but that's he definitely loved it. I kept one for a while. I wish I could remember what it was, but it was like, oh, okay, I'm that's sure what you're doing Google now. Google Stephen Baldwin. I'm sure the religion, internet would be thrilled. It, to I tell would me. love it if like ten minutes later Alec Baldwin came in to like collect <laughs> the the flock, the, collect the, the cards. It was like, I'm I'm so sorry you for my brother. Can't all to be bothered. <laughs> well, I feel like he doesn't want the Baldwin name to be too tarnished. Um, but you know what? <laughs> this would have been a much better choice for old Billy Baldwin because in 1995, he was doing Fair Game with Cindy Crawford. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, when Cindy Crawford was a huge actor, you don't. Look, <sighs> she's beautiful. Now, this is more of a deep cut for most listeners, but Amy Joe will know who this person is. Steven Spinella, Red <gasps> really? for Vita. Yes, who had just won his Tony for Angels in America. Now that I'm interested in. Yeah. Now he never really broke out. He still works. He still acts yeah. all the time, but he's still, he's really like a the, a New yes. York theater guy. Absolutely. He'll pop up in he's stuff very on good. occasion. Oh, he's wonderful. Uh, next up, it, that sound oh, means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. But we're going to do something a little different oh, for this episode. Apparently. All of the actors who screen tested did so in full drag. You have to. You have to. You have to. Screenwriter. But they could have also auditioned people like a first round and then like in the finals. Sure. Whatever. It's like the Blue Man group. You show up to audition and they just make you drum for a while. And then like in the seventh round, they finally paint you blue. Kinky Boots, if you got a callback for an angel, you had to come in and drag. Well, when they would have like larger group calls. like So Mm. they don't have to come in in full drag. For Priscilla, Queen of the Desert on Broadway, they all had to come in and drag. You know. Okay. Okay. Uh, Now, screenwriter Douglas Carter Bean had some thoughts on how a few of the actors auditioning looked in drag. He would have some thoughts because this is a man who's actually been to a drag show. So I'll give you Douglas Carter Bean's (gasps) quote. And then three actors, and you have to guess which actor he's talking about. So only one of the following actually auditioned. It's usually two truths and one guy, but now it's one guy, two lies. Uh, first up, <laughs> Douglas Carter Bean said this actor in drag, quote, looked just like his sister. Was he talking about John Cusack looking like Joan Cusack, David Arquette looking like Patricia Arquette, or Jason Bateman looking like Justine Bateman? Amy Joe is a gag well, as and a gag. Well, you said his we're, sister, I was like, listen, one of these is going to be the Cusacks. Right. Listeners at home, we're filming, we're recording in a closet. Amy Joe has a <laughs> hand on either wall. She has to steady herself with this. This is important to me. Um, not important to me to win, but just to participate fully. You know what I mean? I'm going to go. Okay. Out of those, the one that I think would probably be most likely to look like their sister is David Arquette. That is incorrect. <gasps> I don't actually know what Justine Bateman looks like. Right, but who just 
Yes. <laughs> John Cusack? John Cusack auditioned. Does he look like his sister? Apparently in drag, he looks like Joan Cusack. You know, and really, a like you know what? Bob or... I want a reverse situation. So from <gasps> here on out, whenever you're thinking about casting, listen, okay, I know a lot of you Hollywood casting directors are listening to this podcast. Let's whenever you want to cast John Hollywood. Cusack, just have Joan Cusack do boy drag and go as John Cusack what instead. What do we think about a remake of this that instead of it basically being Connie and Carla, it is, you know, we have like Joan Cusack, Tony Collette. And... Oh, wait, a remake of what? Of this movie? Yeah. But like we do oh, like so, some so, kings so you mean a drag or... king? Oh, uh, so a movie. <laughs> or we so... do Connie and Carla, but add in a third, and that third is Joan Cusack. Uh, see, my mind just went to. I was like, oh, Three Kings, and I was like, oh, so the movie Three Kings. So I'm imagining George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube in drag, and that's a world I don't necessarily want to live in. I'm not. Uh... <laughs> Not interested, I'll be honest. Oh, sick, bro. Look at me. I'm a foxy lady. Yo, bro, I keep playing with my fake breastuses. You know that would. You know, oh my gosh, you know that if he were in a makeover challenge on Drag Race, he'd be oh, the bro. most obnoxious. Oh, bro, my wall burger crumb- crumbles are falling in my cleavage, bro. How uh, am I supposed to eat my delicious wall burger when I got these fake breasts? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, a movie with a bunch of drag kings. I mean, once again, I'd rather they were actual drag kings. But if you're gonna some great drag kings, but you could also have like like Murray Hill is a very well known New York entity. Like he performs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Even like Leah Delaria has done like some drag. Oh, okay. Put Leah in some stuff. I have a drag character. His name is Jackson Bollocks. Such a good name. That's Jackson spelled J A X X O N. Well, you're you got, welcome. You gotta have those you know, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. ready, willing, and able. And 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 what were your thoughts on John Cusack for being in this movie? No. <laughs> Next quote. <laughs> Next up, Bean said this actor in drag was quote stunningly beautiful, comma Audrey Hepburn end quote. Okay. Was he talking about a Billy Crudup, B, Robert Sean Leonard, or C, Jude Law. Once Jeff, again, Amy Jo is clutching the opposite walls of this closet. Jeff, you've done a great job with this question because you have picked three people with three incredible bone structure. Through the prettiest straight edges. Straight. Who was the first one again? Billy Crudup. Right, yes. Robert Billy Crudup, who I think has done drag on on camera. Yes, didn't he? What what film where he and Mary Louise Parker broke up because he started dating Claire Danes? I believe you were thinking of the film Stage Beauty with Claire Danes, which is why is why he broke up with Mary right. Louise Parker. Right. Didn't he do drag in that, or was he playing Shakespeare? I believe so. I believe that in that film, I got my This was it's set like back when only maybe I could be wrong. I think it's set back no, when only men were playing yes, women. Yes, yes, yes. A and real Claire Danes is like, you know what? I think I think I could act play women turns out i could do lady m any day of the week um uh, fascinating <laughs> this is all also the type of actor that young ajj very much would have had a crush on because i loved a cheekbone um Which? and be- billy all of them oh all of them all oh okay. Of them. okay also i was obsessed with dead poet society oh uh, sure 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 obsessed so yeah, like robert sean leonard holds a dis- Dinked place in my heart. Like, did I wait until he was in as Harold Hill to see the Music Man? Wow. Yes. Did he speak to me and my friend <gasps> at the Starbucks on 52nd Street before oh. we went and saw the show because we had run into someone in line who happened to be in the show and my friend who I was with is very chatty? He did. Did it and, make and then, me then feel And then he handed seen? you a card for his religion that he was trying to play. <laughs> All these actors pop into Starbucks just to push their religion. No, he was very like, oh, great. Because this girl, uh, who I think it was the girl playing Zanita, was like, oh, they're coming to the show tonight. He was like, oh, 
great, you know. Oh, this is right before you saw the it show. It was oh, truly, wow, wow, wow. we were killing time before the show at that Starbucks on 52nd Amazing. and 8th. Wow. Um, anyway, okay, 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 okay. And Jude Billy Law, who Kuda, is beautiful. Robert Sean Leonard and Jude Law. Say the quote again. Stunningly beautiful, comma, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. I'm going to go with Billy Crudup. Incorrect. Robert Sean Leonard. That is right. Okay. Very good. It could have been any of them because you did it really well. Oh, shucks. Thank Props you. To use. Thank you so much. And we've got one final quote. Mm-hmm. Finally, Bean said this actor in drag, quote, looked like the Joker's sister with that mouth, end quote. <laughs> Was he referring to A, Billy Bob Thornton, <laughs> B, Willem Dafoe, <laughs> or C, Kevin Bacon? This is the best episode <laughs> that will ever happen. Okay, okay. Read me the quote. <laughs> he looks like the Look, Joker's quote, sister? Quote, look like the Joker's sister with that mouth. Billy Bob. Uh, Willem. Willem. And Kevin. And, and, Kevin. and Bacon. Kevin! Um, Kevin! <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. Incorrect. Willem Dafoe. Correct. Okay. It had to Which be... is funny because so many fans want Willem Dafoe to play the Joker. And there's a lot of like people like do Photoshop to like give him the Joker makeup. Yeah. I mean, he'd be a wonderful Joker, yes. but um, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it with that, that I feel like any of them, and you, again, you skewed this a particular way for me. Mm-hmm. And for that, I thank you. It'd be very mm-hmm. creepy. Uh, yes. Willem Vita Dafoe, as Willem like, Dafoe like, is similar to Gary Oldman for me in terms of yes. like, I... And ah! Willem Dafoe has done drag in one movie that I know of, or maybe not drag, cross-dressing, I suppose, ah. in uh, The Boondock Saints, where he, like... Skipped it. Well, good on you. He's like an FBI agent that has to, like, break into a house. He, like, dresses as a woman and is, like, facing away. So this guy's like, hey, come on in. Uh, and wow. I think it's actually to the point where he's, like, making out with some goon and then, like, gets the one up on him and knocks him out. Uh, Boondock Saints is a, a horrendous film for many, many, many reasons. Willem Dafoe is probably the only good thing about it. And even that is still, like, not a reason to watch it. He's in plenty um, of other things. But I will say this. He does not make an attractive woman in that film. Uh, and I love Willem Dafoe, but what a what a very different film if this starred Willem Dafoe. He needs a real, like, Jada Essence Hall makeover. Mm. He needs someone who is a skilled makeup he, artist. Yeah, he needs someone to really beat that face. Yes. Uh, okay, so... That is our game. So now we've got a few more actors considered for Vita. So let's move on <laughs> for Vita. Oh boy, it's me, Matthew Broderick, the prettiest drag queen you ever did see. I mean, see. he's got a boyish face, so he probably actually would look quite cute in drag. Yes, but sure. I don't need it. I, it <sighs> again, I what one of the things I think Swayze does so well is this mother hen kind of in charge yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing, yeah. which is a very particular swath of drag queens which is why even just thinking of i mean matthew Broderick. so just thinking of the producers imagining nathan of nathan like having to like yes. okay here, we're going this way we're doing this thing and this like, is what's a, happening a take charge yes. matthew broderick ain't really a take charge person he's a beta he's fact in fact your classic beta yeah which we need that type yeah but that's not but not Boem. to lead to john totoro auditioned I know podcasting isn't a visual medium, but I don't quite know how to put my face into words. <laughs> my brows are deeply furrowed. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love John Turturro. It's yes! once again an interesting choice. But it's also I imagining these confused. actors in drag is a, a difficult. But do. not just in drag, you right. then have to carry and also, the persona. Absolutely, and I'm absolutely not sure. Nor am I. Uh, James Spader was considered. Okay, I can see that. Now, it's hard for me because he's so known for being, like, a weird and weirdly sexual actor with stuff yes. like Sex, Lies, and Videotape and Crash. 
But uh, I think maybe because the thing that I really first yeah. came to know him from was Secretary. Oh, speaking of. Yes, I know. But something about that, I'm like, yeah, I buy that that guy yeah. would fully embrace like yeah. what it what it took to like get into this. Yes. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't disagree. I think he's one of the better choices that we've heard so I far. Agree. But it's still, it's a tough role. I think it's the it's the hardest role. Of the well, three. Well, because it's not the wisecracking one, and yeah. it's not the, like, young, clueless You're not getting ingenue. the jokes. You're really... You have you, to... You're getting some. You're getting some, like, one-liners of the, like... For uh, like, sure. You know, do you do anything in this kitchen but cry, or whatever that quote is, of, like... Yeah. But you, but it is that mother hen comedy. Yes. Um, Which are... None of these are really, like, killing it for me. Uh, Speaking of Matt Dillon was considered... No. Who, once again, someone who I think would be very pretty in drag, but is not... Uh, I suppose so. Yeah. Shave that mustache, you know. What mustache? I think Matt of Dillon? Him with a mustache. In what? I don't know life. <laughs> I haven't really seen him in much. I'm trying to think of everything he's been in. Crash. Wow. The, the, the other Crash. I uh, must say uh, maybe, wild things. Maybe uh, I've never seen him in a movie. <laughs> so all I can think of is maybe some photo I saw him he, with a mustache. I'm, I'm sure at some point he's had a mustache. Uh, <laughs> well. Well, I have a feeling they would have shaved it. I don't think it would be like. Well, you think he's you're not doing bearded queens in the 90s. <laughs> Well, I was really, well. Speaking of Joker, I was thinking of Caesar Romero in the '60s Joker, where he he was like, "I'm not gonna shave my mustache." So they paint over it, and you just see like this mustache underneath this white paint. You know who I bet you could see? Charles Bush, famed oh, yes. drag performer, playwright, icon of the New York theater scene, was also similar to Swayze. I wonder if this is everyone was given less than a day's notice to prepare. Um, Charles Bush is. One of the I saw him do a an act like a cabaret act, mm-hmm. and it was one of the best nights I've had mm. in the theater. Oh, that's wonderful! Of course, Douglas Carter Bean probably was like, "Would you please see Legend sense. Charles Bush?" Him, Stephen Spinella. I also remembering an yes. Asian America. He's got like the one scene where he's in drag mm-hmm. um, uh, prior in Asian America. Uh, so Charles Bush. Oh well, Bevan said like, "Oh, forget about the lines, just improvise," which is a great. Great audition for Charles Bush to just improvise. Oh, uh, so yeah. funny. Now, he said he didn't think it went great, but he said, it was quote, it was just kind of wild seeing all these Polaroids up of all these famous <gasps> stars in drag like James Spader. And then as I was getting ready to leave, Matt Dillon, at the height of his beauty, walked in and I thought, I want to see him in his underwear. So I went, <laughs> oh, I left my umbrella in the try-on room just to like, of um, to go in on Matt Dillon change, which is hilarious to me. Classic Charles. <laughs> Kyle MacLachlan. Oh yeah, he's got, he's got some cheekbones. Was reportedly very upset he didn't get the part, and I think it might have something to do with the fact that you know what movie he did make in 1995? What? Showgirls. <gasps> Classic. <laughs> that that scene in the pool, Boy, which oh, for man. for interests of keeping a G rating on floppy this, fish. I shan't oh, describe. Yeah, but yeah, let yeah. me say, when I finally saw it, really only about five years ago. Oh wow! It was harrowing. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I think it would have been a slightly better choice for Kyle MacLachlan to have done Tu Wong Fu. Two weeks in a row at the well, front of the box office. Both are cult and not faves. Showgirls. I suppose so, but I kind of want to be in a cult fave known for being. Showgirls not used showgirls. to have a box set with a drinking game and glasses included, so. Yes. But <laughs> this Showgirls did not exactly help Kyle McLaughlin's career. Well, well, well. <laughs> Next up, Johnny Depp. Was considered sure, sure, and he'd be a very beautiful woman. Well, he had just come off of Ed Wood, which he's not in drag, but Ed Wood. It's has a drag like character. His, yes, just he's about. wearing. He's well, he's also wearing like women's clothes in yeah. that film, and 
I think he plays in like it's before, very high. What's that movie? That Javier Bardem movie, Before Night Falls. I think he plays yes. like oh, I I, I've seen not that seen it. In I know. A I've long not, time. I've not seen it. I, he plays a character named Bon Bon. So I'm not sure if he's playing quote unquote a crossdresser or whatever. Um, but yeah, he's someone that like especially in 1985, I'm sure would have been beautiful in drag. <laughs> yes, the um, face. and I get it for 90s Shiny Depp. We kind of I kind of always have to preface it as 90, 90s Shiny Depp because after 90s like, Shiny Depp, it's like I just don't want to see him ever like, ever uh, in life. Abusive Johnny. Depp. I mean, maybe he wasn't. We just haven't heard about it. You know. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, it's hard to retroactively be like, you know, whatever. Um, But regardless, it's still, you know, it's still sullied for life as like, yeah, any movie we do, we're like, Johnny Depp was up for it. I'm like, ooh, Ooh, don't want to see it because then that's another movie that I is ruined from Mm -hmm. rewatching. Because I'd only seen Ed Wood once so long ago and I would like to rewatch it, but it's still hard to watch anything with his dumb face in it. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, Tom Cruise was considered. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. He just takes himself too seriously. I he's, just he's the most he's like so Swayze in so far as like the yeah. kind of face. Yeah. But uh, no. I mean, I mean, he he pretty much gave a drag performance the year before in an interview with the Vampire. Yes. That is a very 100%, drag 100%. performance. Um, but I just like I get it. I can see it, but I don't, I don't need it. Want I don't want it. it. I don't need it. Um, and finally. Robin Williams, who of course has, a, as you said, a, a very brief cameo yeah. as John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, who's the guy that gives, who's like they trade in their plane tickets to uh, to Robin Williams, and then he's like, great, and now here's some money, and you can get your car, and then they just like go on a riff. He was supposed to film for like half a day and they wound up having he's filmed for two days because no. he kept ad-libbing oh, and they like put them all like behind schedule um, <laughs> but it's all worth it because it's a very fun cameo because then you have lines like do people always shout I hate that <laughs> which he'd be I mean you know it's a very different drag performance from his most iconic Mrs. Doubtfire very <laughs> deeply hello <laughs> Oh boy! I mean, that is it is a similar of just you know Vita Boem sweeping into Snydersville. Help is on the way. <laughs> <laughs> but like Mrs. Doubtfire is a much older, of course, character. But that's also I'm wondering. <gasps> oh my gosh! Why did I not think of Harvey Firestein for this role? Oh sure. Oh sure. The, the hob. That's the, the good. The good hob. The hob we want. The the hob we need. Um, oh yeah. Can, Harvey... we just, can we just have Harvey Firestein take over Miramax? Can we just have like all of uh, Harvey Weinstein's properties get go to Harvey he Firestein? He truly is just like so. I worked with him on Kinky Boots, so yeah. I had some interactions with him, very very minimal because I was very afraid to talk to the important people because I was sure. like, "Don't fire me, please," you know. But he was always so nice to me, so funny Aww. every time I, he would drop by. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. funny, and like the last time I saw him was on closing night, and I I was pretty fierce i was wearing like this vintage sequined jacket black with like gold stars all nice. sequins and i was like walking down the stairs he's always like you look fabulous and i was like i i'm good i'm good i'm gonna cry all night i think Aww. i love it i love it so those were our actors considered for vita according to director kidron all the auditions with big name stars followed in a similar pattern quote literally what would happen is they would go into the makeup They'd put on the clothes, and then the very last thing that would happen is they would put the wig on in front of the mirror, and for all of them, there were only two responses. The first one was, quote, gasp, but I'm beautiful. And the second one was, I would F myself. <laughs> so real quick, Amy Joe, I'm going to rattle through all those actors we just said that were up for the role of Vita, and shout out if you think their response to seeing themselves in drag beautiful was A, I'm beautiful, or so I'm beautiful or I'd F myself. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Gary Oldman. But I'm beautiful. 
Viggo Mortensen. I would F myself. Mel Gibson. I would F myself. Robert Downey Jr. I would F myself. Rob Lowe. I'm beautiful. William Baldwin. I'm beautiful and therefore would F myself. I'm sorry my brother tried to get you to join his religion. Um, <laughs> Steven Spinella. I'm beautiful. John Cusack. I would F myself. Which is weird because he looks like his sister. Oh! <laughs> Robert Sean Leonard. I'm beautiful. Willem Dafoe. I'm beautiful. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. John Turturro. Uh, I'm beautiful. James Spader. I would have myself. <laughs> Matt Dillon. I would have myself. Charles Bush. I'm be- well, he knows he's beautiful. He's like, just another day, Exactly. Darlings. He always performs in a wig. Kyle McLaughlin. I would have myself. Johnny Depp. I would have myself. Tom Cruise. I, I would have myself. Robin Williams. I'm beautiful. <laughs> and those are our actors. Thank you for that. <laughs> ah. Now, let's, uh, as we said, Vita was the only role where there are other actors who auditioned. So let's chat about some of the other characters, starting with Noxima, played by Wesley Snipes. Amy, your thoughts on Wes? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I was really, especially as the movie went on, Mm -hmm. continually surprised and delighted by his performance. I thought um, a lot of times what will happen, from my vantage point, uh, of watching like straight identifying actors playing yes. gay men. And again, it's a little bit different than an actor playing a drag queen, which is not specifically, you know, a gender and, and, and sexual preference are not the same thing. Right. Right, right, um, right. But however, you know, this, this is a film where they definitely talk about, they are gay men Absolutely. who are dressed in drag, Yes, um, which is kind of phenomenal, even in like kinky boots, which was 2006. Lola the, is the film of Kinky. The Boots. film of Kinky, yeah, Boots, yeah, yeah. which is not necessarily she's not like Lola doesn't come out and say anything about her sexuality, but but it makes her a little safer because it's right. it's not a gay man necessarily. You assume, but you're never told. Whereas mm. in this film, you're you're told. You're blatantly told. You're blatantly told with with a Chi Chi character like especially yeah, she's with John like Leguizamo, going and yeah. dating multiple people, you know. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all that is to say, I think he did a really beautiful job and he's not doing the thing that you see a lot of straight actors do, which is like, try and, um, kind of burlesque it to the point Mm. where you can be like, this isn't me, bro. I'm like a straight duty dude. Um, watch me like camp it up. Like he's camping it up in a way that feels appropriate for a drag character. I, I really think he's wonderful, which is so funny because I hadn't seen this movie in so long. And then like. We'd watched yeah. um, Demolition Man oh, not boy. too long ago, and it's oh, like boy. that's much more like I think, I think the year before, Wesley or maybe two Snipes. years, either the year before or two years before this film, maybe if I got my dates right. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I really only knew Wesley Snipes from yeah, Demolition Man, Drop Zone, where he's going after a bunch of skydiving right. bandits led by Gary Busey. He's just a, a blade, just a very which action uh, uh, hero. Yes, and I'll say real quick before we get your other actors you would have cast. Uh, he reportedly he wanted to show that he wasn't just an action star. He had a scheduling conflict, and he begged them. He begged Spielberg to push the shoot to accommodate and Spielberg accepted not only because of Snipes' charms and box office power but also because of when what he felt like having a star like Snipes in a role like this would mean to LGBTQ yes. kids who saw it. And I think that that is the thing that you were kind of talking about earlier with like you have these three straight dudes I mean John Leguizamo was a lot less known at this point than these other two but you have these two like hunks basically action stars fighters yeah, like and jacked like that totally. dressing that montage at the beginning where they're like oh yeah 
in crazy shape. It's like the first shot of Swayze coming out of the shower, (laughs) like barely like covering himself up with a towel, you know, like that to be able to like look at those men and be like, well, if he can do this, then maybe it's okay for me to exist as myself, you know, is like a really beautiful thing, I think. It's nice to imagine some tiny lgbtq kid that's just being that's being yes. like well you know what wesley snipes was doing it so it's cool and be like damn i love wesley snipes yeah. he's got a good point my dad likes <sighs> wesley snipes so maybe i can dress up as noxima jackson yeah. oh there, you know? yeah totally totally if you're like yeah if my dad's like action hero or that we he, we watch wesley snipes movies together i could be like hey dad how about here's another wesley snipes and movie that, we could watch that the drag queens in this are funny but they're never the joke totally uh w- with regards to the the script lets us know they're never the Absolutely. joke the town's folk may make them into a joke but the point of view of the movie always makes it very clear yeah. that they are who we are identifying with and we're never laughing at their expense yeah so who would you cast if you had to cast someone else oh boy okay <laughs> i have so many thoughts because there's this this i think uh-huh. is the role that would attract the most people because it is like the wise cracking yeah you, you, you kind of so many the, great lines it's really just a one-liner machine of exactly. a role exactly yeah. you get to come in and just like kind of raise an eyebrow and be like uh okay <laughs> that, that was my other alternate for the uh, the lead into the to the title from uh bucket of fried chicken which is john Leguizamo's line was uh the uh i declare i declare i declare i, I decline, decline. <laughs> <laughs> i decline so good so funny um, okay. Also, Ida Klein is a good drag name. Ida Klein. That's excellent. Oh, here's the thing that we should talk about. Yeah. One of the reasons that you, one of the ways you can tell that this was written by someone who's actually been to a lot of drag shows mm-hmm. is that the drag names are not all puns. You true. have one pun yeah. and two names that just like feel like drag names, you yeah. know, because that's very true. You'll have a lot of queens with pun names and then you'll have a lot of queens who are not that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think that's so great. And so like that you have three very very different names um, that are all well and like RuPaul's name is a pun like her character's name is Rachel Tensions <laughs> Com- coming in wearing a confederate, a confederate flag, flag dress gown for Rachel like Tensions Rachel Tensions oh, um, and then you have Vita Boehm but then you have Noxima right. Jackson and Chi Chi Rodriguez, Rodriguez which yeah. feel like a lot of drag names that we know and we, I felt like it was a very accurate yeah. reflection um, unfortunately though there, there apparently is was a uh... <laughs> a professional golfer named Chichi Rodriguez who sued the film because he was like, this is negatively impacting my golfing career. And they like settled. So there's in the credits, there's some like quote, there's some line about like, you know, Chichi Rodriguez, this is nothing to do with wow. golfer Chichi Rodriguez. Wow. <laughs> no, it certainly has nothing to do with golfer. Wow. New. Okay. So I had a lot of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, my, f- <laughs> I mean, there's so many Queens that I love right. that I think would be so funny in this part. Um, my first thought was Bob, the drag queen. Absolutely. Who yeah. is one of my favorite Queens of all time. Uh, and I have season eight winner, season eight of drag winner, race. but like, you yeah. know, I've supported for low these many years, mm-hmm. local queen, um, Monet exchange, another yeah. New York queen that I am obsessed with, who is so funny. Who would be great? I then also have Bianca Del Rio here because okay. Bianca's yeah. persona is I very, mean, especially on stage, which is different than what we saw in a reality show. But Bianca's absolutely an insult. Queen, comic. oh yeah, queen of acid one-liners. She's yeah. nasty her and Rolodex hilarious. Of hate. The Rolodex, yeah, 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 yeah. Rolodex of hate is the name no. of one of her <laughs> tours that she did. So like Bianca would be very funny in this, and Bianca again is a Latinx queen, so you'd have you'd have to change some stuff. But like whatever, you but make who it cares? Work. Who cares? I also thought Shea Coulee. I have, like, Shea, I have Shea Coulee as someone that I, I would have liked to have seen. so good. Yeah. And then I have Raja, 
uh, winner of season three, Mm -hmm. who is much more laid back than a lot of us, but she's also like a classic mean girl, like the founder of the Heathers uh, in season three. So like that just kind of she's she's so fashion and so judgy because of that. But she's also like a weirdo and she's funny. Yeah. So I feel like she would be a very fun flavor for this. Totally. I, I love Monet, although I think I would have liked the slightly harder edge of her her season's co-star, or whatever you want to say, uh, Monique Monique Hart. Hart is also on my list. I could see that har- harsher edge to take this out of drag race of just of actors who could have played it in 1985. I would have loved to have seen Billy Porter. Yes, well, Speaking Billy of... Mother Porter won a Tony Pinky for playing Boots. a drag yes, queen, yes, yes. as we know. Well, you maybe you don't know, but I certainly right. do because I worked on the dang show. But it, but in terms of someone, and, and you of course know Billy Porter now, listener at home from Pose, I won the Emmy or Golden Globe, I think. Won, won the one Emmy. Of, one of them. Mother Porter And wins every red carpet they walk on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are, are they that close to an EGOT? Do they have a Grammy as well? Yes, oh, for because, Kiki Boots. because Kiki oh, wow. Boots, we won the Grammy. And wow. um, the if you are a principal vocalist, you also oh, get uh, wow. you get your own Grammy. So right. he and Stark and I think Anna Lee. Guys, we got to start the campaign. We got What is the Oscar winning role for Billy Porter? Well, we'll figure remember, it out. Once once the Grammy nomination came out, like I was there that day because it was Stark's last day in the show. Uh-huh. So we did like a happy trails to Stark. And like while that was happening, we're like all having cake. They come out and announce that you know because it was in LA that the um the Grammys were happening yes and they came out and announced that we won the Grammy and they're like embracing it we're like Billy you're gonna get that EGOT he's like well I want that Pulitzer too uh. <laughs> it's like oh, of course you're like I could EGOT but really get me a Pulitzer first darling amazing I love it uh let's keep it going with Chichi Rodriguez Amy thoughts on John Leguizamo and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else I love John Leguizamo. Uh, I love, you know, I have seen him on stage a number of times. Mm-hmm. I think he's really great. Um, if I had to cast someone else, though, yeah, I have a lot of choices that, like, would work. But I really only have one choice I'm interested in, and that's Vanessa Vangie Mateo. <laughs> who, because the thing about Chi-Chi that's tough is you need someone who is, like appears a bit either rough around the edges a bit sloppy a bit like yeah, like like it's kind of like the yeah sloppy ingenue you know you need someone who like has to learn something and vanji like that is vanji's narrative i also have shangela early shangela Mm. on this because shangela well you also haven't seen season two so you didn't see her like appearance and immediately get well she got cut first yeah and then you know she came back but like shangela's had the glowiest of glow ups yeah yeah, yeah. so like shangela early shangela is someone who comes to mind but and shangela of course you know was in uh with willem in a star is born yes in the drag drag she's in a best picture nominee best picture nominee so like she would be great but vanji is so funny whether she wants to be or not and that's why i think she also would be great in this role and she's one of the most stunning gorgeous drag queens I've ever seen. She can paint her face like nobody's business. Another thought I had um, was Chi-Chi Devane, which maybe was because of yes. Chi-Chi Rodriguez, but Chi-Chi no, Devane I, is I also like another well. like small town queen. And also from her season now, Me Smalls I was thinking of in terms of like people that are also a little more like you can see them getting overshadowed, especially like if you've got Bob the drag queen as I thought Naomi, Naomi Smalls is so 
fashion. Mm. Like so editorial, but I just didn't I gotcha. think it was quite right. But let me tell you a fun, really quick Naomi Small story. My brother um, was hanging out with Bob the Drag Queen when he and his comedy partner Josh were in LA doing their show. Mm-hmm. And this is before they'd announced the cast of that season, of season eight ah, of yes. Drag Race. So like they're hanging out with Bob at a show that Naomi Smalls is hosting. So they don't know this is like a queen that's oh, going to be on season eight oh, okay. who's going to do really well. Yeah. And they're, they're like, and she was like so nice and like shout out the mountains like, go see their show. What is it? at UCBLA and then like they're all like walking down the street afterwards Naomi Smalls is is in these huge like (laughs) clear plastic heels and it's like and is in some like really tight like clear plastic dress Mm -hmm. and like waddling down the street and uh, Bob was like, girl, put on some flats. And she's like, well, I don't want to look trashy. And I just thought it was so funny because she's like basically in complete like clear plastic from head to toe. Oh, I was boy. like, I don't want to look trashy. Well, she doesn't. She looks recyclable. You know what? You're so right. <laughs> and, and I think it, and a door, as I said earlier. I also I, I have think a door would be, in, in terms of someone like if a little Same. sloppy, a little like, you got to get it together. Every season, not speaking very, today. Also very like flirty. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, oh, like, because you need someone who also has that, like, I'll flirt with anything in pants kind right, of feel. Right, right, right. Uh, and according to John Leguizamo's biography, he improvised so much on this film. I am not and surprised. And his frequent improvisation angered Patrick Swayze so much that Swayze tried to punch him in the face. It was apparently a bit of a, a rough shoot because the guys were very, these, this trio was very excited to do this film, but they didn't quite, it was like a four month shoot and it was summer. And Ooh, and it, so like drag is hard to do in the winter. Every day when they're having to get like in full makeup, like Swayze apparently had to get shaved like three times a day because he would like grow his beard he's so fast. Like Light haired, yeah. so um, I think it was Swayze. I could be mis- I could be mistaken with Leguizamo, but I think it was Swayze that had to get shaved like multiple times a day. It was very hot. It was so long. The days when they would have to like be tucked, they were very unhappy about. Of course, they um, were. so they, like ten, they got a little testy with it's each other. It's hard to do drag. Um, oh, absolutely. Look, when I have done drag, which has not been that many times, like to bind is incredibly Oof. uncomfortable, and then like it takes a long time to do that face. You yeah. know, especially like if you're going and doing drag in a club. With dim lighting, that's one right. thing. They're on camera. On camera, so that makeup, yeah. even though again, be good. they didn't block their brows, <laughs> I cannot believe. Yeah. I know, but I think that you can't. They cannot block their brows in order for the townspeople to in read, order to, to think that they're right. just New York career girls, opposed to being like, oh, you have like and they glued both your brows the pageant down. over Coco Peru. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, that's a fun time uh, now to mention that <gasps> Tu Wang Fu features early acting credits for RuPaul, Lady Bunny, Miss Coco Peru, Lady Kateria, I think so you pronounce mm-hmm. her name, Lettuce, Misunderstood, <gasps> Flotilla de Barge, and Ooh. Joseph Arias. Joey, I right. did a reading with Joey oh. last summer. Joey played the Queen of Hearts in this, like, um, Alex, an X-rated musical fantasy. Alex, Alice, an X-rated musical. <laughs> it should have been Alex. It should have. Um, but make it gay. Joey's the sweetest, oh. dearest, and uh, of course Joey was in this movie. Joey also was very famously on SNL with David Bowie in the seventies, oh. when David Bowie. Um, I think was singing "The Man Who Sold the World." I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But he was wearing that um, giant garment where he couldn't walk in it. Oh, and he had Joe, to like it carry. Joey oh, is Jerry's one of the people yes, carrying him. He is one of the two Ooh. people carrying him, and has and his backup singer. Oh wow, wow. Uh, and 
this movie was also a major credit for Candace Kane, who became the <gasps> first transgender woman in a major primetime TV show with 2007's Dirty Sexy Money, where her character has an affair with William Baldwin. No Speaking way. Of, I yeah. Candace Kane. Candace Kane, is, Candace Kane was at Wigstock. She she did that dancing duet. Yes, that was so yes, 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 yes. And she also did choreography for Tu Wong Fu. Well, she also does choreography for Drag Race, as we've seen, if we've watched more than a single season. Oh, that's so great. I love that. Uh, And I just want to touch briefly on, because we have to, she's the titular character, Julie Newmar, probably best known for playing Catwoman in the 60s Batman series, still alive today, still acting. She voiced Catwoman in 2017's Batman vs. Two-Face, which was this animated feature film Starring Adam West and Burt Ward reprising Whoa. the role. It's done in the style of the 60s film Whoa. with, of course, William Shatner as Two-Face. Uh, this is like a real, like on Sesame Street, how you're allowed to voice your character until you die. Like yeah. you have first refusal always. Uh, so Julie Newmar wasn't supposed to be in the film, but she showed up on set the day that they were filming the end because that end, yeah, yes, and that led to her cameo. Is because she was like, "Well, I'm here on set." And they're like, "Oh, well, what if we had her crown Chichi, which is such a beautiful and the beautifully fitting ending for the film? Well, it's so funny." Because you know that she has to be aware they're making this film because she's referenced in the title. Oh, they were they had they were in negotiations well, to, to use to. her name in the title uh, and the backup plan in the event that producers cannot secure those rights was to replace Numar with Carol Lindley, uh, who's an actor from the Poseidon Adventure and Fantasy Island or probably your two best known credits. Not Eartha. Uh, well, of course. Of course, I'm like, why not Eartha? Why I will say one Eartha? of the best drag names I've ever heard. I went to a drag show in Little Rock, Arkansas when I was there on a gig and mm-hmm. one of the best drag names I've ever heard is Eartha Quake. I was like, well, done. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Also, but that whole ending was apparently Spielberg's idea. The, the script ended with the queens driving out of town mm. and like passing the sign. Was, but you like, need the bookend of the two pageants. I and, think. and Spielberg was like, you want Chi Chi to like really like have, have you want that arc. kind of character arc so that she and she wins the youngest one. And, and like, then you can get more drag queens in there. Like actual like uh, this is what I do for a living. Drag true. Queens in true. There. And that's unsurprising because that's a real Spielberg note to be like we wanted to have like a, the happiest ending. We're sure. like and now this character has grown and now they win. But uh, uh, I, 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 do, I do think it works much better as the ending. Uh, great. So final thoughts, Amy Jo on Tu Wong Fu. I think that if we adjusted some 90s language, mm-hmm. uh, which of course you would, and, and also what we understood in the 90s is different than how we like talk about things and gender and drag and all of that now. If you change some of that and make some make some adjustments, I think it like holds up really well. I think yeah. it's very heartfelt. I think it's very beautifully sensitively done yeah. it i was watching it and kind of shocked that it didn't seem like it was noted to death by the studio there was there's no gay panic in it insofar as the lens of the film itself right you've got of course your villains well, that they, are but those are like characters we know are quote-unquote bad yeah, absolutely, now, yeah i mean it's a bit oversimplified i don't yeah, think it is definitely. like that accurate you know yeah. but it's also i think a really charming fun movie that overall i'm really glad exists in the world especially like as something that came into being in the 90s yeah i 100 percent agree uh and i want to end this by saying right before filming started Kidron had to call Spielberg to let him know she was pregnant. His response, Mazel tov. And she said, quote, I said, no, I don't think you're really getting there. I'm pregnant and I'm making this movie. And he goes, 
I've got loads of kids. I made loads of movies. Uh-huh. And I go, yeah, but there's only one big difference. <laughs> she was worried as a pregnant woman directing a movie was considered a huge insurance risk, naturally. So Spielberg offered to take, like the caveat was he's like, okay, if anything goes wrong, I'll take over directing duties if you have to step down at any point so that they'll still, we can insure yeah, you and still, still have you as you director, it. which is really cool on, yeah. on Spielberg because um, uh, I do think this movie, we didn't really touch on it, but does benefit from having a woman director. I couldn't director. agree more. Uh, and Kitrin said, quote, so my joke has always been, why didn't someone from my production side come push me down the stairs so they could have had Steven Spielberg making that movie? <laughs> uh, and in fact, the movie went a little bit over schedule. And on the last day of principal photography, uh, oh, this is a quote. So, and on the last day of principal photography, I was nine months, five <gasps> days pregnant. And we had a ch- we had to charter a plane to get the crew and cast back to New York. When I landed in New York, my water broke at JFK. Okay. And Spielberg said, quote, now that's a director. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you watch Tu Wong Fu... Check those credits for one Noah Kidron style listed as, instead of best boy, best baby. Oh my gosh. Well, that's kind of like whenever you do a show and you make it through and then like, or you're going through like a series of like weeks of like, I've got all these additions, I've got all this stuff. And then suddenly your body is like, and now I know I can get sick. That's like the ultimate expression of that. Oh, 100%. Amy Jo? Yeah. What are we recommending today? We're recommending drag queens, drag queens, and more <laughs> drag queens, Jeff. Um, there's so much great drag content out there. I mean, especially now because there's been 12 seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I have a few pods that I'd like to recommend. Great. Um, a couple are recap podcasts. So I get if you haven't watched the show, they might not be your thing, but they're still fun. Uh, the Probably the best well-known one is Race Chaser, which is the, the name that the queens on the shows have for fans who try to hook up with queens from the show. <laughs> they're called race chasers. So anyway, that's hosted by Alaska and Willem. And there's they're always, well, not now, but they're always on tour with other queens. So there's many a guest cameo from basically all the queens on the show. Um, another recap podcast that uh, I really enjoy is called Drag Her. And it's hosted by Nicole Byer and oh, Mono Agapian. Yes, yes, yes. Nicole, of course, has been a guest judge a couple of times. Uh, so that's really fun. And they're hilarious together then there is the pod sibling rivalry which is hosted by bob the drag queen and monet exchange who are two of my favorite queens and they're both new york queens and they came up in the scene together and it's basically just like bob berating monet for saying things that that bob thinks are stupid but it's it's hilarious and done with love and they're just making each other laugh and they're two of the funniest queens uh and uh so yeah those are some those are some fun pods to check out jeff what are you recommending well once again the same drag queens drag queens drag queens amy joe uh yes i mean if you don't watch drag race uh check it out it's it's a fun what what do you think like seasons like four five and six are like any of them are like good those are great entry places yeah. yeah great good places to start good entryway points um, and also, if you don't know where to start, just to see like drag content in general, a good place to begin is to go to Wow Presents on YouTube. They've given a lot of the queens their own shows. Uh, one of the shows, for example, is Fashion Photo Rue View, uh, which is hosted by Raja and Raven, who both competed on Drag Race, and they go through all of the runway looks in each episode of the show. So you don't need to really watch the show to just see them commenting and critiquing and 
giving and jokes being about lovely. being lovely and funny about yeah. the different runway uh, fashions. Because they haven't seen the episodes when they do the critiques. Right, right, right. Uh, and they very often have uh, a lot of fun guests on. So that's a great place to start. Then for those of you that are on Instagram, there are so many drag queens, certainly not just drag race alum, uh, to follow on, on Instagram. And it's so stupid, but we are in a place where the number of followers can affect your booking rates and your booking fees. And it is also a kind of well-kept secret that all the queens of color pretty much tend to have fewer followers than a lot of the white queens from the show. So, you know, if you've got some follows to spare, it won't cost you anything, but it might help a queen make some money. So um, some of my favorite Instagram follows are uh, Jada Essence Hall, who was on season 12, uh, Jujubee, who's from season two, but is currently killing it on All Stars 5, and uh, Shea Coulee, who is also currently killing it on All Stars 5, a season nine queen. Um, and they're, they all have like beautiful looks. And then you can just like look at the people that they're in photos with and go to like suggested accounts and, and go from there. Go down the wormhole. Go down the wormhole because there's so many great queens to follow. There sure are. And I'd also recommend checking out uh, Kim Chi, Monique Hart, who I mentioned in the episode. Uh, Latrice Royale is an incredible performer. And uh, and Peppermint uh, as well, mm-hmm. who was uh, on Broadway recently in Head Over Heels uh, mm-hmm. and is also worth checking out. And that's what we're recommending today. Da-da-da! <laughs> Do you have a movie that you love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. You can also find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring. And if you're digging the show, head on over to iTunes and give us a rating and review if you feel so inclined. Preferably five stars. Preferably five stars. If you're not digging the show, feel free to just keep on with your life. Uh, Don't rate and don't review, please. Go. (laughs) Send send our podcast info to your greatest enemy. (laughs) Um, Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Jackson Bollocks. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.